This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 25 and verse 31, and we're dealing with the lampstand. And I think I think it's really neat how God made sure that when they were making these, I guess, furnishings for the tabernacle, I guess that's the best word to describe them. It's it's the accoutrements, it's the uh, furnishings that go along with the tabernacle that are necessary. They are everything has a purpose and a meaning. Everything uh, symbolically represents something and has an actual purpose. Uh, within the tabernacle, nothing is is ornamental. Everything matters, even though some things are ornamental. They have representation of important spiritual truths. And so when you're studying uh, the tabernacle, you're studying God's view. He's giving you these pictures and these views of how he wants worship, aspects of worship to be done the way he wants to be worshiped. And many people want to come up with their own ways and how they worship God. If you're worshiping, if you're worshiping something in the way you want to, then oftentimes that's you worshiping yourself. And God gives us clear indications of the things that he wants and he desires in worship. And they're not arbitrary. They point to the nature of the relationship we have with him. And so that's a that's powerful. It also points to the nature of his nature, the how he is. And it also gives us insights into how we can move from our nature to his nature. And so, obviously, by worship, we learn things. Oftentimes, I talk about music and worship being very powerful and important. Why? Because it, it speaks to the, the passions of our heart. And oftentimes, we grow and we learn by our singing, by, the, by what we sing and how we sing, and whether or not we sing sometimes. And that's important how God wants us to understand how his word is made known to us, how it's revealed to us. The only way for us to understand and know that is by his word. He teaches us the way this happens. And the lampstand is really important. I, I, I many times say, and the word of God clearly indicates that you cannot learn, you cannot know God. You cannot, you can, you, you'll never even have any insight into him but for the Holy Spirit revealing God in his full plan, which his full plan is Jesus Christ, God revealing himself in his full plan through Jesus Christ. Otherwise, there's really not, otherwise, there's really not any way to know God. So many times we come up with what we think is right or wrong, the way we think things should be, how we think life should be lived. And that is it, that is, is in some way not in line with God's word, not in line with how God is revealing himself by his spirit through his word, which is his son, Jesus Christ. Remember yesterday that 
the uh, table that is across the room in that middle room of the tabernacle, the table that is across the room from it has the showbread on it. It is literally on display. It is a table made of pure gold with acacia wood as its interior, as its inside of the pure gold, but all is pure gold. And on top, you have pure gold plates and pitchers. And what is revealed right there? What is the main thing that you can see that is on the plate, on the table to be eaten? It's the it's the showbread. It's the bread of his presence. It is Jesus. And so God reveals himself in his son. And Jesus is the fullness of God. And so when you're studying how God reveals himself, he reveals himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And in the Bible, and that's not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's It is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but that's just for the books. It is Genesis through the book of the Revelation. Genesis through the book of the Revelation, God reveals himself in his word. And so when we're studying God's word, when we're looking at what what's, what God's word has for us, we need to know how God wants to be worshipped. We need to know how he sees things. And the lampstand of pure gold is the third part of the Godhead in the tabernacle. You've got God's very presence being above the cherubs in the Ark of the Covenant. You've got you've got the God the Son, Jesus, the bread of life, being pictured on the table in the bread of his presence. And then you have the you have the, the lampstand. And the lampstand is a clear picture of the Holy Spirit. In that room, there's no outlet for light. And so the light uh in that room comes from one place and one place only. And that is the Holy Spirit. That is the lamp, the Holy Spirit reveals to us Jesus Christ. And in fact, that's that is what the, the primary work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Once we're born again, once we have a relationship with God, is to counsel to God, to lead us, to reveal to us Jesus, to reveal to us God's physical plan in the universe, which is Jesus Christ. And so <clears throat> the Holy Spirit shines light onto who Jesus is. So when he says, make a lampstand of pure gold, remember, we we'll keep going. Everything's pure gold. Why? The sovereignty of God. This is all about being in the very presence of God. This is all about walking into the very entry point of God's presence. And so when we walk in, when we're in the presence of God, that is his royalty, his supremacy, his, he's sovereign. He is over all things. He is the king of the universe. He is the creator of all things. And so there's gold and this is, there's, there's nothing else uh, required. And it reveals that we are talking about literally the ability to be in his very, very presence in the throne room of heaven. And so the lampstand's made of pure gold. Now notice it is fashioned. It is fashioned in a very specific way. And he wanted them to, he, he wanted them to understand that to hammer out its base and its shaft and to make its flower-like cups, buds and blossoms on one piece with them. Notice, he wants that lampstand when it's fashioned, every aspect of it as they're beginning to make this lampstand, he wants it all to be one piece. And it's fairly ornate. We're going to spend a few days going through this. But it is really ornate the way this lampstand's made. It is a it's a pretty big lampstand. It's what if you're if you if you 
any have any knowledge of the Jewish holidays. This is Hanukkah, and Hanukkah is a holiday that has its starting point in the book of Maccabees. We don't, in the Protestant church, we don't have the book of Maccabees. We, we don't consider them inspired, but, but they are historical in their great history. And, and in, that, in the book of Maccabees, you have a, a great event about God providing, providing them oil when they should not have had enough. And so when they celebrate that event in their history, it is celebrated with the menorah, or it really is maybe not exactly like this, but it is pretty close to an exact replica of what would have been the lampstand that would have been in the tabernacle and later on in the temple. It is a, it's a lampstand with seven uh, places for light to come out. You've got the center shaft where, where the other arms come off of it. There's three on each side, and it makes uh, seven places where light can shine. And if you were to look at it, it just looks like it's a, a stream that has rivers that spread out, and there's seven of them. And it's one in the middle and, and three on each side. And, and all around the base and along Along the shafts of each lamp stand, to each of the lamps, each one of them has has flowers on them. And every bit of that, the base, the flowers on the base, the the middle, <clears throat> the primary shaft in the middle, and then the three on each side, every one of them have cups on the top where the wall uh, would burn, and then they have and then they have they have buds of flowers ornate flowers, all of it in pure gold, and all of it not attached, but all of it coming from the same piece of gold. It was fashioned out of one, one whole complete piece of metal. And so you go, well, what does that mean? First of all, it means that God does some pretty amazing work, but he is one. He's not many gods. The God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit are not three gods. They are all God and all one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And God is one. And his revelation of his work and how he's doing things involve three persons of his being. And you go, I don't really understand that. Yes, you do. You do understand that. That you got a body and your body has a will, that you have a heart and a mind you have passions and intellect that come together that make your make your soul. And when you're born again, you realize you have the you have a new spirit in you that communes with God's spirit perfectly. And so you have three aspects to you, and no aspect, no one part of those aspects would you say was not you. And yet they all have they all have their own separate will. And as far as we're concerned, they're different. Our wills, my my flesh wants to do things that my spirit abhors because my spirit is perfect. It was made by the Holy Spirit in me when I was born again. My my spirit abhors that. And my soul is 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 struggling to reject what it used to be and be saved or be changed into what God desires it to be. So I've got three aspects to me. That's a perfect picture when it says we were made in the image of God. We we can easily see in ourselves how God has how God exists because He made us in His image and in His likeness, and it's easy to see that we have we have three aspects to us. Now, the three aspects to God are inseparable, meaning they don't have separate. They do not. Even though Jesus has His own will, 
He only does what he sees the Father do doing. Even though the Holy Spirit has his own will, he only does as the Father does. He, he, is, he is steadily at work, submit, perfectly submitted to the will of the Father. Uh, even though they have different things that they do, just like my soul does things different. My mind and my passions are way different than what my physical body does. They all work toward one end and one goal. And so all of the personalities of the Godhead are all working toward one goal. And so we see that in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is revealing. It's not like the, the pagan gods of Olympia where each one's trying to work out their own way and get their own way in life. This is not the way that God exists in actuality. God exists in three persons, but each one is working toward their own goal. And so when you read this, and, and you, you have the shaft, and it's got all these blossoms, and they're on one piece with them, and six branches are extend from one side of the lampstand, and three on, on one side, and then three on the other. And the cups are to be shaped like almonds, flowers with buds, and blossoms are to be one branch, and three on the next three branches. So we got one giant flower in the middle, and then we got three on each branch going down and they extend from the lampstand, all of those pieces, all of those aspects of God, and we're going to get into what they represent, but all of those aspects of God that we're going to see pictured, picturing the Holy Spirit, all of those aspects come from one, one piece of metal. They're inseparable. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is one God. He has one will, and that is the Father's will. Even though the Son and the Spirit have their own will, we see Jesus in the garden. Not my will, but thine. It, every aspect of who God is submits to the Father's will, to his way. The Son glorifies the Father. The Spirit glorifies the Son. And so the purpose of ultimately for worship is if we're looking at the tabernacle being worshiped, we come in to that middle room and you have the Holy Spirit revealing to us the Son of God. And once we come to know the Son of God, and how do we know the Son of God? We see him revealed by the Holy Spirit, and then we take him in. And you go, well, what are you talking about? Jesus said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you can have no part in me. This is John chapter 14, I think it is. He says that. What does that mean? Well, what that means is unless you eat of the essence of who I am, how I've lived, you literally take on who I am, and you drink of my blood, which is a picture of the Spirit. Unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you cannot have any part in me. And so when we see that showbread on that table, we have to ingest, we have to take in all that Jesus is. We can't just say, that's wonderful, Jesus, and not become as he is. We must turn and become as he is. And so when we take in his word, when we take in his will and know him by his word, we are becoming like him. And as we become like him, we, we are prepared then to go into the Holy of Holies and be in the presence of the Father. And that's where we see, receive power and grace and mercy in our time of need. It is the place where God pours out all that he's prepared for us. But first, you have to go and you have to have God revealed to us. You have to have God revealed to us through his Son. How does that happen? The other two aspects of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus and Jesus is, is worshiped and glorified, and Jesus points us to the Father. In fact, when Jesus was asked how to pray, he said, pray like this, not pray this, but pray like this, our Father who art in heaven. So you have the disciples recognizing that there's something special about Jesus and how he prays. How do they know that? The Holy Spirit reveals it to them. 
he reveals that Jesus is, there's something, some aspect of his prayer life that makes him really uh, powerful. And so they go, okay, the, the Holy Spirit's pointing us to Jesus. They go to Jesus and say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. How, how do you pray? And Jesus, what's the first thing Jesus says? This is how you should pray. It's not what you should pray, how you should pray. And the first thing he says is, our Father who art in heaven. Notice, the Spirit reveals the Son leads you to the Father. And that is one unit. That is one activity. That is one movement of God. The Spirit reveals the Son points to the Father. The Spirit reveals the Son points to the Father. And so as you're looking at this lampstand, you need to realize that, that even though there's some beautiful aspects to it, and some wonderful things that we need to see about this lampstand, I want you to notice that that primarily there is a singular work that is going on in this world as far as God's concerned and we're concerned, and that is his redemptive work and him bringing us by the revelation of the Holy Spirit through the knowledge and life of the Son into his presence and his will. And really, that's what I want for all those that I disciple. I want that to happen for them. I want them to know his will fully and to know his son fully and to walk in his presence fully. I pray that will be the case for you. I'm quite sure it will be because that is the will of the Father for you. And so he is constantly at work making that available. To you. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.